Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 487. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Join me for this episode will be Project Spurs' Steven Anderson. If you're on Twitter, please follow him at the Steven A underscore. Steven and I go through a bunch of different topics on the Spurs in this latest episode um, from different role players such as uh, DeJounte Murray, Kyle Anderson, Danny Green, Patty Mills. To uh, some of the the, uh, the go to guys, you know, who the Spurs rely on each night, like uh, like Lamarcus Aldridge, but then also we update the uh, latest injury situation with Kawhi Leonard, and then in, like every episode, uh, Steve and I will preview uh, some of the Spurs' upcoming games. So I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Steven Anderson. And now joining me via Skype is Project Spurs' Steven Anderson. Steven, man, how you doing? Especially knowing that here in San Antonio, where you and I live, uh, <laughs> we may have the San Antonio Chocolates apparently. <laughs> you know the San Antonio joke. The, the, yeah, <laughs> when I read that, I was like, "Really?" But I get it. I get it. I, I've never had a chancleta thrown at me in my life, but I, I understand it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it. You know, it goes with I guess like the the culture and stuff. You know, it, it fits the city, I guess, with in terms of um some of the. Uh, so yeah, that's really that's the San Antonio Missions uh, baseball team. They changed their their team name is what yeah. it's on Twitter. Uh, Michael DeLeon has retweeted that. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's just something interesting, obviously, on, on a uh, Wednesday, on a Tuesday that you and I are recording this, Stephen. But let's go away from the San Antonio Missions and go into the San Antonio Spurs, Stephen. Uh, this is episode 487. You can follow Stephen at the Stephen A underscore. Okay, so Stephen, a quick recap of what happened uh, since the last time I recorded an episode. Uh, Colin and I uh, both thought the Spurs would go 2-1 and one in their last three games at home. Instead, the Spurs um, proved us wrong, and they went three and zero. You know, first they get they get a win against New Orleans. Um, they won by five, where they did have a fifteen point lead again. But the Pelicans did make it make it quite a game there in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Spurs did put them away. Uh, then the Spurs beat the Wolves. It was pretty close for three quarters, but again, the Spurs took uh, used their size uh, with uh, Pau Gasol and uh, and Lamarcus Aldridge, and they they beat the Wolves by sixteen when it was all said and done on Saturday. And then most recently on Monday night, the Golden State Warriors, who were without pretty much all their all-stars because Draymond Green got hurt in the first half and he was out for the rest of the game. Uh, the Spurs had an early 16-point lead, but then the Warriors behind Quinn Cook came back, made it a real close game where LaMarcus had to score 19 points in the fourth quarter. So the Spurs eventually won by 14. Um, just your quick thoughts on, on that last week or those last three games. Well, I mean, first of all, LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy's been playing out of his mind, and that's the main reason why the Spurs have won the last three games is a huge part goes to him. Um, also, flipping it around, defensively, San Antonio's got a lot better. I mean, we see the Spurs kind of tightened up defensively, particularly in the last, what, five, six minutes of the fourth quarter now, as opposed to a few weeks ago when they were just letting teams come back and, you know, just waltz all over them in the final quarter. So that has gotten better. Offensively, LaMarcus Aldridge is being the LaMarcus that we all expected him to be when he signed here. And that has really carried the Spurs. Um, and I know we'll get to, um, I know we're going to get stuff on this later, but uh, Pop has made some changes as well uh, to the lineup. And I guess I will discuss that later on. But that has really, really helped things. And going even past that, when they started this homestand against Orlando, that's where things have kind of turned around. Antonio has has done very well on both sides of the ball, um, and particularly last game uh, with uh, Golden State in that fourth quarter, they were uh, Golden State was doubling Lamarcus like crazy, and not only and I wrote about this in my three standout players piece. Um, not only did Lamarcus fight those double teams and score, 
but he would find the open man and whether they made the shot or not, um, that is something we haven't seen consistently from the Spurs until recently. So I think they're starting to get it together, you know, piece by piece here and get now into late March, uh, they realize, okay, we got to win some games. We're not going to be in the playoffs. So they've responded to that challenge very well. Yeah. You hit, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, when you said, um, when you said about the fourth quarter defense, that was basically their biggest issue in, in all those games they were losing from February 1st to like early uh, mid-March, basically. It was like you look right. at the data and they were fine in the first, second, and third quarter, but in the fourth quarter they just fell apart, especially defensively, and that was something Pop called the team out on over the last few games. And, and you're right. I mean, they've just really been, been um, grippling, I mean, you know, getting um, tight on defense in terms of cl- closing out the opponent. Uh, in terms of making sure their rotations, their crisps, their, they're making sure to, their health defense schemes are all there. So that that defense, if it's there for the fourth quarter, they're going to win a lot more of these ball games against uh, these better teams that they still have uh, for the remainder of their 11 games on the schedule if they can continue to do that. Because that's kind of something they were doing earlier in the year, and that's why you saw them win all those games even without Kawhi. So they're kind of playing like that that, t- that Spurs team from like November to like December-ish. Uh, and you can see it too in the data. You know, They finally won four games that, that hadn't been done since December 9th. Uh, another player, uh, one, one thing I wanted to mention was that I made a mistake when I said uh, it was Powell in the fourth quarter. It was actually Rudy Gay and LaMarcus that closed out the Wolves uh, in that fourth quarter the other night. Um, you know, you mentioned LaMarcus. I remember last just like, thinking of one play last night uh, in the fourth quarter where Golden State completely abandoned Murray in the corner, and there was like three guys around L.A., and he just like yeah. scored there. I mean, he, he went on an 11-0 run by himself, so, so you're right. Uh, he, he's been playing very well. I was actually surprised on Monday to see that he didn't get the Western Conference Player of the Week for, for last week's um, play. Uh, it went to Russell Westbrook, but he, he's obviously been playing really well. And we were having this discussion at the game, some, myself and some of the media members, where he's definitely got a high shot of getting it, becoming an all-NBA-level uh, player this season. Yeah, he uh, definitely does. And one thing you look at with LaMarcus is that, I mean, we've... we've about in past shows what you know the struggles he had his first couple years here but i mean to he a quote he said last night which was i'm i'm i am one of the leaders of this team and we have to lead by example and unfortunately i know all of us think okay this is Kawhi leonard's team and it is but Kawhi's not here in this first turn to the next best thing which is lamarcus Aldridge. and so for right now lamarcus is the marcus's team right now and he's playing like i'm going to lead this team to where i think they need to go yeah, no, that's for sure. And, you know, it's gonna, it, it will be interesting to see if he gets there. And you're right, he's the one who's leading by example. Let's go and get into our first topic, Stephen, of the show. And that's the, the same topic of every show, which is Kawhi Leonard. Um, you just mentioned him. <laughs> um, you know, heading into this episode, I was actually like, I was actually thinking he might, the status might change on him. Um, you know, it was already about six o'clock San Antonio time. And the Spurs still hadn't put out a press release of, of you know, his situation. So, you know, usually they put it around around early afternoon time, so so we kind of already know that he's not going to play, or or if he is going to play, you know, that's rare. But uh, anyway, so they they weren't they had to put out a press release, and I was kind of you know it was getting a little interesting. Is he maybe going to play, or they maybe going to at least make it a fifty percent chance? And I even like checked the game notes for the for the for the game again on Wednesday against the Wizards, and he wasn't listed on the injury report. Now that just means that that they their PR team hadn't yet put you know put out whether or not he's going to play. But then you know as soon as I thought that it, it, he might actually have a chance of playing here, uh, they sent a release that said nope, Kawhi Leonard's out again. So Stephen, all this means is that you know he's out in a, another game, which means that he'll if he does try to come back Friday, it would be ten games left for him to try to make a comeback. So now so starting Friday, the Spurs will be down to ten games. Uh, I was looking at their schedule to end the regular season, and they only have two consecutive days off twice uh, from now until the until the playoffs start, if they do make the playoffs. So basically, if you think about practices, there would only probably be two possible practices uh, for him if they even try to, to have some sort of practice with him. So with, with 10 games now as a timeline, do you think Kawhi, just from, from what you've from you seen from, from afar, do you think Kawhi makes it back in this regular season? I mean, it's getting to a point now where I'm thinking, what's the point? And, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Tomorrow, I would love to have him play, have those what, last 10 games to kind of get into a rhythm going into the postseason. I mean, I would like that because it would definitely take a lot of load off shoulders. But on the flip side of that, of course, uh, Pop has made some quotes in the, in the uh, past few weeks here where, you know, and he's not going to put him unless – 
is fully healthy. We know about we already know the situation about Kawhi's doctors have to clear, and we know all that. But it's got to a point now where every day or every game before the game, we get that release, and we're like, okay, we knew that already. They could have just wrote up the same release and just released it in the next day. I mean, it's gotten to a point where I'm thinking, what's the point of bringing him back? Because it would be great to have him, but the team seems to be getting into a, some type of rhythm right now. And I remember the, a couple of shows that you and I did about, it feels like two seasons ago now, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like back in November, uh, whenever he did come back for those nine games. And um, you had told me, you're like, you know, this team, a different team without Kawhi, they're going to have to start over again. And I don't think Pop will want to do that at this point in the season where these guys are already getting to, getting to a rhythm and they're playoffs right around the corner. And for the guys to have to readjust all over again, that's the part I'm a little iffy about. Yeah, and, and no, I, I totally agree with you where, you know, I, I still haven't seen any kind of signs that he's going to he's gonna make it back in time. Right. You're right that Pop's going to be cautious even if, if, if the doctors do clear him. His doctors first clear him. Then the Spurs' this team has to say whether or not he plays. Uh, we'll we'll get a little bit further into the Kawhi discussion because we do have some questions about him in our in a, in the uh, Spurs cast Twitter questions segment later on in the episode. Uh, let's go into our second topic, Stephen, and that's something you just mentioned: consistency. This, we're finally seeing the Spurs have some consistency outside of Kawhi. All their other players are finally getting healthy here. Um, and, and one lineup that's been very well for them in this four-game winning streak is this new starting five. Of, uh, where they've gone small, where they have DeJounte Murray at the point guard, Patty Mills at the two, Danny Green at the three, Kyle Anderson at the four, and LaMarcus Aldridge at the five. So I'm going to read you some, some stats here on this on this lineup. Um, you know, according to cleaningtheglass.com, in 177 possessions, they are, um, it's the third most, it's the third most used lineup by Pop, apparently, when you look at just how many possessions they've been on the floor. So, so you can tell he really likes this lineup right now, and it's something consistent. Uh, there are plus 20.3 points per 100 possessions, which is in the 87th percentile, which is obviously very good. It's almost close to 90, close to you know 13 points away from from being 100 uh, in terms of percentile. Uh, offensively, they're scoring 116.4 points per 100, so so they're zooming on offense. Defensively, they're elite, holding teams to 96.1 points per 100. Um, you know what what have you liked from from this lineup? Do you think it's something that Pop's going to continue to go with in, in the event that Kawhi doesn't come back? Yeah, I think Pop will continue to go with it because, one, it's it's working. Uh, what do I like about it? Well, first of all, you take uh, a veteran like Pau Gasol out of that lineup, and you're thinking, oh, crap. I mean, there's really no veterans out there because you got a second-year point guard in, in Murray. You have Kyle. You got Danny Green, who's a veteran, and LaMarcus, who's, who's kind of a veteran a little bit, well, at least NBA standards. But with the Spurs, he's still kind of, you know, he should be used to it by now. But... I mean, I like the lineup because you it's a lot quicker. It's a faster lineup. You know, the, the guys have a lot more scoring options as as to where when Pau Gasol was in the lineup, you knew you had a, a few limitations because not only is he older, but, I mean, he can't do as much as someone like Kyle Anderson can or DeJounte Murray, things like that. Um, but what I like about it is you can see these guys getting a lot more comfortable, Paul, because... Uh, I, I think back to one moment within that Golden State game on Monday, and, you know, there was one point, I believe it was in the second quarter, where uh, you had the, it, the ball went, Murray took the ball into the paint, he gave it to Kyle, Kyle gave it to LaMarcus for the layup, and it was right near in the paint area. So that tells you those guys have developed some kind of chemistry, some kind of, like, cohesiveness going, and that's one thing that Pop has been searching for for a very long time this season, ever since Kawhi was hurt. Uh, he's he shuffled guys in out of that lineup. Brent Forbes started at one point. Tony Parker started. Then he took Tony Parker out. Murray started. So Pop's been shuffling the lineup to try to find some consistency. And with this lineup, he has found it because, I mean, you know, you have a lot more scoring options now. Of course, in the fourth quarter, um, you know this as well as I do, uh, where Pop has elected to go with Tony Parker for some of those in those late crunch time minutes because you have to have a veteran point guard or a, or a veteran period on the floor to, in those moments. Um, but Pop has also said, you know, Murray is going to have to learn in those moments. And if it means losing a few games, then so be it. But he's going to have to learn. But I think now it's getting to a point where you, the Spurs are currently the five seed as of this recording. Um, 
that's before New Orleans and Utah play later on on this Tuesday. Um, by Wednesday night after that Wizards game, who knows where the Spurs could be because the West is so packed from from all the way to eight. And even if you go past that to nine and ten, so I think Pop is electing. You know what? I'm going to stick with this lineup and stick with what's what's working. And right now, this lineup is, has been kind of like a energy boost for the Spurs. Oh, for, for sure. And um, you know, just reading some more numbers, uh, what's going on here? Some of their strengths, um, you know, turnover-wise, they're doing very well. They're they're taking care of the ball. They're only turning it over on 10.2% of their possessions, which is uh, in the 91st percentile. Uh, they also have pretty, you know, despite being small, known as a small ball group, they're actually doing well on the offensive board. They're, they're rebounding 34% of their misses, which is the 92nd percentile. Still, you know, with having Murray and Anderson out there, they're going to have their shooting slumps. Um, you know, their, their effective field goal percentage with that lineup is 53%, which is like in the 52nd percentile, which isn't horrible, but it's like average. Um, the free throw rate is also, they don't get to the line very much because you obviously can think that the one guy who attacks the rim here is, is, uh, is Aldridge, who, like you mentioned, commands double teams. So they're only making 11.5 free throws uh, with that lineup, which is in the 15th. It's a little bit lower area. But, you know, offensively, they have shooting around LaMarcus. You know, if Kyle or, or Murray's not, uh, not uh, the defender's not guarding them because they're, they're not floor spacers, then they're at least hanging around the rim to, to get dump-off passes where they can kick it out or try to score with a layup. Uh, you know, at, having Danny and Patty at least gives them the outside threat. And then defensively, something Danny Green mentioned was that this lineup is so long outside of Patty Mills' position um, where they can kind of switch every position. And obviously, if Patty does get switched onto a bigger um, offensive player, they can use their help scheme uh, to make sure that, that he, it's, not, it's not too much of a liability. And defensively, like I mentioned, they're playing very well. They're, they're, uh, they're holding teams to 47% uh, effective field goal percentage, uh, 83rd percentile, very good. Uh, they're, they're forcing teams with all that length out there with Murray, Green, Anderson. They're forcing teams into 16.2 uh, uh, turnovers on, on their possessions. 16.2% uh, of their turnovers, should I say, come on those possessions. Um, so, again, uh, right now it's a strange, just like you mentioned, Stephen. And, uh, and I think Pop for sure will pretty much end, end with this lineup in the event until Kawhi either does come back or he doesn't come back. I mean, or, or if, until Kawhi eventually comes back or you know, if he doesn't come back, then they'll, they'll just uh, keep this lineup going forward. Okay, uh, Stephen, let's go into our third topic, which is uh, let's talk about a little bit about the front court rotation. So this is, I mean, it's not terrible because obviously the Spurs are 4-0 and right now. Um, but I've just kind of, from, from afar, I'm kind of wondering what Pop's doing. It seems like the front court, especially in fourth quarters, um, they're like, he's closing out with different uh, combinations. Uh, he might do big some nights. He might do um, small. So, so here's where, where their minutes are at um, in these four games. So Aldridge is still averaging his normal minutes, 33.5. Kyle Anderson normally averages um, uh, tw close to about 26, 27 minutes, but he's down to 23 minutes during the stretch. Uh, Pau Gasol, his, his minutes are definitely down. He's, he's averaging eight less minutes per game during this four-game winning streak. Uh, Rudy Gay, too, uh, he's averaging seven less minutes per game. That's, that's a huge number. And then Davis Bertans is averaging eight less minutes. So it seems like the biggest effect has been on Pau, uh, Rudy, and Bertans in terms of losing their minutes uh, recently with this small ball change. Um, do you have, is this more so you think of matchups or is it kind of pop favoring, um, you know, who's hot right now or, or who, who gives uh, LaMarcus more help kind of thing? I think most of it has to do with matchups because, I mean, while you have, you know, guys who are hot, like, for example, LaMarcus or uh, Patty Mills was hot one night, Danny Green was hot on Monday. So, I mean, it, that does help, but there also has to do with matchups where, you know, you saw um, Zaza Pachulia and JaVale McGee in for Golden State on Monday at one point. Pop had to switch it up and throw in LaMarcus with Pau Gasol for a little bit as well. So I think it has to do with matchups. Now, the one thing I do find a little weird is Rudy Gay's minutes have gone down. Now, I do I do understand what you're saying, and I do understand the lineup situation. But, you know, the thing is, is you brought Rudy Gay here to be that scorer, um, that, that third scorer at the beginning of the season when we all thought Kawhi was going to be healthy and back by now. But now, of course, Kawhi's not there. You have Rudy Gay, who had a heel injury. Then he had a, a few bumps and bruises here going into the season. He was out for about, what, seven or eight weeks with a heel injury. So, of course, he had to get his groove back, get back into the, the group of things. But I, for me, I thought you maybe you would have a guy like Rudy Gay out there um, to help out LaMarcus in that scoring column, particularly... Um, you know, if, if someone like Danny or Patty, Patty Green, Danny Green or Patty Mills are not um, shots consistently. So um, that's what, the only thing I find a little odd. But 
you know what? I'm not complaining. The Spurs have won four in a row, and kind of seems to be working. But I do wonder if the Spurs are fortunate enough to actually get into the season, and depending on where they sit, how will Papa Justin line up then? Yeah, and you know, you're right. I, I'm with you. Where it's Rudy Gay is the, the interesting uh, player here who's losing minutes. And, um, you know, this is the reason why I made I made him one of the topics of last week's episode with Colin, because obviously we feel like you where he has a lot of potential and, and there's a reason why you bring him in. Uh, he can, he's a guy who created his own shots. He can, uh, he can switch, you know, defensively at all sorts of positions. He's such a versatile player, basically. And, you know, the, the, one of the games, Pop, Pop played him really short minutes. And then, like, even last night, uh, you know, Monday night against the Warriors, he plays uh, seven minutes in the first half. He scores nine points. So you think he's having a good game, but then the second half, they only play him five minutes. And so I, I'm almost wondering now, either obviously he's not on the injury report, so, so we, we think that he's healthy, but it's also, I wonder if it's because how, how, how dire, uh, how close the Spurs are to missing out of the playoffs, I wonder if Pop's losing that, that comfortability in terms of being experienced, uh, in, in terms of trying out a new player, where I think that because, how, how, because of how close the playoff race is right now, where any number of losses can, can get them kicked out of the playoff seating, I think that Pops may be just trusting more so the guys that he already has some sort of um, experience with, guys that have that corporate knowledge. And despite Rudy being a, a great player, being a veteran in this league, a really good scorer, um, and having a number of years under his belt, it feels like Pop's still going to guys like Kyle Anderson, uh, maybe Powell sometimes, uh, because those are guys who have been in the system. They're guys that have, you know he's been in battles with um, over the years, uh, whereas Rudy, um, you know, he, he missed, like you mentioned, he's missed like the last eight weeks before the, before the uh, All-Star break before he came back. So, so I think, do you think that's a, a big part of it? Pop just not, not having that, that comfortability in terms of letting him uh, in, in crunch time. I think that might be, that might be part of it because if you look back at a few uh, situations, particularly where uh, Tony Parker was hurt um, and the, with the Achilles, uh, Achilles, no, you know, he got hurt last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, so he got hurt last season. See, when he came back, um, you know, Pop obviously let him come back gradually. But in that fourth quarter, after Tony had been back for some time, Pop would elect to go with Patty Mills at one point or or Murray for a little bit before Murray became the starter. So I feel that may, that might be part of it where Pop's um, comfort level with uh, Rudy Gay might not be as up to par with like uh, Danny Green or Patty Mills. Um, now, like I said, you and I both know that Patty and Danny are not always consistent and can't always hit that open shot, even though they do have it most of the time. So that's the part I do find a little bit, I, it, it doesn't really worry me, but it does concern me a little bit where as to, we talked at earlier shows where Patty uh, gets uh, defended a lot more closely now, uh, as, as does Danny Green. So someone like Rudy Gay, who can create his own shot out of nothing, basically, um, that's the part that worries me. And will Rudy Gay lose confidence now because he's not getting those "quote unquote" crunch time minutes? Yeah, and that's so. So yeah, so so obviously um, we're both concerned with you know whether or not Rudy's gonna uh, eventually get to that that level where they're gonna be trusting him to be one of their their go-to players. And, and so we'll, we'll obviously. Uh, continue to watch as the Spurs continue their season. They have 11 more games, and we'll see if uh, if Pop eventually um, starts putting him in some more of those situations in close ball games, especially in the second half. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break, Stephen, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for listening to SpursCast, episode 487. 
Um, I am joined by Project Spurs' Steven Anderson. If you're on Twitter, please follow him, at the Stephen A underscore. Okay, Stephen, let's go on and get into our, our Twitter questions. We have quite a few here uh, for this episode. Uh, the first one comes from at Insomniac underscore games. They ask, what do you make of Pop answering no to the question regarding if there was a point of no return to bring Kawhi? Isn't this a stark contrast from Pop said it didn't make sense to bring Kawhi this late in the season? So, um, you know, I, I was there at the game Monday night. Before the game, Pop had a quote where he said, um, "No." they asked him, uh, you know, is there is there a point of no return for Kawhi? And Pop said, no, why would we do that? So he's not, Pop's obviously got, uh, you know, not ruling out that Kawhi's out for the year. Uh, but, he, you know, he's been on the record of also saying, you know, th- that they've been hesitant to bring players back so late in the year. Um, you know, er- erring on the side of caution because Kawhi is, you know, part of their future where they, they want to make sure they're looking out for the best for him and, and for their franchise going forward into the, the, the later future. Um, so what did you make of that comment? I mean, those, those kind of, in a way, kind of contradicting comments in a little bit. You know where um, for, again, I'll start this question, or I'll start this answer by uh, with a question. Uh, you know when Pop usually goes um, when the guys are struggling and he does not call a timeout, he lets them up for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's what he's doing is a little bit, or the media too is like, you know, we're gonna have them figured out for themselves because there's only after this, there's only ten games left after Wednesday, and you're running, you're running out of games to bring him back, and it's gonna come to a point where, you know. There's no point to do it. Um, as to what Pop is doing with those with those answers, um, you know, it, it, I feel like Pop is being very careful with his wording here because you know as well as I do, if if there's a certain would trigger fans to be, oh no, he's not coming back, or oh yes, he is coming back. So I have to be very careful with how they word it. Um, but for Pop to say, you know, why would we do that, makes me think that. And I could be wrong. You can tell me what you think. Um, even if the Spurs do get into the playoffs and we're like maybe a week or two before the playoffs and he's ready to go, I think Pop might just throw him in. But uh, again, for to risk that cohesiveness and, and, and for to bring him back at that point, maybe way away. Pop's comments are a little bit odd because it does sound contradictory and it kind of is contradictory because He's saying one thing, and then later he said, "So maybe Pop is just confused as we are at this point." Yeah, you know, uh, this is obviously a, a, an interesting question, um, and it, it is hard again to, to know because we're not there, you know, to see Kawhi exactly where his level of comfortability at, is at, what, what kind of level he's at right now in terms of making that return to where his doctors from New York are going to clear him or not. Um, so, from what I think about Pop saying no, it, it might be for, for a little bit for the fan base and also for the for maybe even his team where, you know, he doesn't want to just say no right now with 10 games left because, you know, for the fan base, you know, they're, they're obviously expecting uh, that Kawhi obviously gives them a boost and, and, it, and it puts their season into unknown territory as far as how far they can go. Whereas if, you know, if he says now he's done for the year, you know, it kind of most fans will, you know, get to get to a point where they think there's a certain limit to how, how good this team can be. And then maybe even for, for the teammates, you know, maybe they, they're keep playing and they just think that eventually he'll come back. Eventually he'll come back. So you never know on that part. And like you mentioned, Stephen, maybe Pop just doesn't know because of the whole situation where, you know, maybe he, he really does believe the Spurs' doctors where there's reports that say that the Spurs have been basically cleared him. Their doc, their medical staff has cleared Kawhi since, since November, basically, is what I've heard uh, from, from different um, outlets. Where, and then, you know, and then from, from what he's hearing from Kawhi's side, not his side, but Kawhi's medical staff that he has on his own side, that no, he can't play. So maybe Pop doesn't even know, you know, our, our you know, big Pop situation. Maybe he's saying, you know, our doctors say he's ready to go, but then somebody else, somebody else's um, medical staff is saying no. So, so maybe Pop is obviously trusting more in terms of his organization. So he doesn't want to rule it out either. And then, like he mentioned uh, recently, where he said he got to see Kawhi practice a little bit and he thought he wasn't ready. So maybe it's also an eye test sort of thing where Pop needs to see. You know, even if even if Kawhi's med, uh, New York doctors say Kawhi's ready with like five games or three games, and if Pop sees Kawhi working out, he still doesn't see, think that he's ready. Uh, he he may just you know continue to say no. So so this is obviously an interesting question, and, and until you know <laughs> Kawhi progresses, we really don't know uh, where where we know how, how if Pop's message will change with yes or no, uh, he's going to be out for the season. Um, let's go to our next question. Stephen comes from at Heelface Wrestling. Uh, uh, this is uh, Jeff Serta over over from one of our, our Project Spurs Network sites. Uh, the first question from Jeff is, uh, will Kawhi play, make an argument for and against it? So we've obviously given our opinion on whether or not we think he's going to play. We, we, mostly basically, we both basically say we, we still don't know, you know, 100% yet. Um, but, uh, Stephen, make, make a quick argument for and against Kawhi playing. Okay. Um, for him playing, 
I mean, he's Kawhi Leonard. Why, why wouldn't Shaq? I mean, the guy is, is basically the MVP. Well, was an MVP candidate last year. I mean, he's not going to be. I mean, here's the thing, Paul. People have to realize this. If Kawhi Leonard comes back, uh, let's say Friday, he comes back Friday, he's not going to be the Kawhi Leonard that you saw in the Western Conference Finals last year when he got hurt. I need to make that very clear because there are some fans I've seen on Twitter uh, who tweet me even thinking, oh, he's Kawhi. No, he's not. He's going to have to get take, take a lot of time to get back into room. And it's going to take time. So, I mean, the argument for it, is because you want a full, a fully healthy team to make one heck of a run and see where it goes. The argument against it is, you know, like I said, you don't want to disrupt what you have going on. And I, I, I the reason, only reason I say that is if you look back when Kawhi was out to begin the season, he came back those nine games. And Paul, you and I both know that was that team had to start over again. Uh, uh, you know, working uh, how to work him back in because before he came back, they developed a nice rhythm. They were in, they were winning games. Uh, of course, they were still messing up here and there, but they had a nice rhythm to them. He came back, and that rhythm was disrupted because you have to let your best player get back into the system. Same thing's happening now, where the guys are starting to get into a rhythm again, and we're questioning if he's going to come back. And would you really want up that rhythm? Uh, at this late in the season, I, I personally wouldn't. Yeah, I'm with I, I'm with you on both points there, Stephen. For it, I, I think I think yes, for it because it, it's he's he's a wild card basically. You know, he's not going to be like you mentioned the Kawhi that, that everybody's used to and a two time MVP candidate, but he's still Kawhi Leonard. I mean, the guy's yeah. the guy's going to command a double team when he's on the floor. He can he's one of the he's basically the only expert who can consistently create his own offense, get to the free throw line, shoot from three, uh, get get into the paint, kick out for others. Who can do it by himself? Like I, I just all he needs is a pick, or he can just go isolation one on one. So, so we know the potential's there, and you know you don't want to be Houston if you're in round one. Let's say the Spurs are an eight seed, and then all of a sudden, oh here's here's the Spurs, and now Kawhi's back. Obviously, you haven't seen Kawhi play. You don't know if he can get to that level, but it's still tricky considering Pop has that that coaching resume against D'Antonio series, and then, you know the whole history with the Rockets being the Spurs. So, so he becomes a wild card, and then even Golden State, their their injury history is, is getting a little bit worse here, and the playoffs are approaching very quickly. So, so you know, you don't want to be one of those top two teams, and then all of a sudden you're getting a Spurs team with with a healthy Kawhi Leonard. Even though he's not the Kawhi we're all used to, he's still a wild card. So that's obviously the four part of it. The against argument is just what you mentioned. He the chemistry will be thrown off a lot. I think just because uh, he's such a high usage player, but now you know Lamarcus is also a high usage player where where they're both so so you know the team it, it, it's it's made right now to to kind of uh, work around Lamarcus in terms of how they've been playing on the court. It was originally assembled to to work around both guys, but they haven't had one of those pieces there. So it'll be tough, I think, in terms of uh, trying to get him uh, chemistry. What, what I saw from December, like you mentioned, was it was almost like a your turn, my turn kind of thing between him and Aldridge, and and it wasn't it wasn't um, you know it wasn't comfortable for them. You could just tell, like it was just like well, Marcus give give him a few plays, and Kawhi would take a few plays off, and you know it just. It wasn't. It's something where the defense, you know, especially a playoff defense, is going to be easily be able to scheme against that because they, they know that this team isn't in function just yet. Uh, and as far as another part against it is, is the health concern. You know, you still don't know what if you put him out there, he goes too, he goes uh, really hard, really fast, and he and he he messes up that quad even more. Um, so so there's obviously I think a little bit more reasons against it, especially just considering the time the timetable uh, and how few games there are left in the season. Uh, let's go to our next question, Stephen. For, also from Jeff, uh, he asked him, "How many more years can Manu play?" So Manu has a uh, 2.5 million um, guaranteed for next season. So he'll be 41 in July. Uh, Steve Kerr was, you know, last, last night he made everybody laugh because he said Manu could basically play 50, till, until 58, age 58. Uh, so everybody laughed at that. But then, you know, Kerr, Kerr was asked, you know, is Manu still a factor? And Kerr says yes. Like when the Warriors were, were preparing to play the Spurs on Monday, they actually had to you know go through the walkthrough of, of Manu's actual plays, where where defense was still a little bit scared of him in terms of his pick and roll ability, in terms of his ability to get to his left hand. So, Stephen, just based on what you've seen from Manu this season, how many more seasons do you think he can play? Oh, Paul, Manu's never retiring. He said be here even when Timmy's kids and you no know, Tony's kids are coming to play for the Spurs. Manu will still be there. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, like, you know, um, the thing is this is. Manu is we, we he has a lot of fans. Obviously, we all know about the Argentina fans coming down to show their support. Um, could this be it for Manu? I don't know. I mean, it, it's always it's, it, we go every off season for the past few years. Is he going to come back? Is he not? And 
it's a wild card because going from what I've seen from him this season, I think Manu could still play. I think he could still play. And of course, I'm not going to go Steve Kerr level here, but I think I think he can play another maybe two years. I really do because, and the reason I say that is this: because Manu is the type of guy where he takes care of his body. He knows what he, when to stop. He knows how uh, you know this. I'm not feeling well, and I, we we saw this point blank. Um, I think I'm pretty sure it was on the Spurs Rodeo road trip in Denver um, when he felt something weird in his foot. He immediately took himself out of the game, went to the back with Will Sevening, and it was nothing. Um, and he was fine. But Manu's now up in age, obviously, um, and he's getting to the point where he knows if something's not right with his body. And Manu takes care of his body very well in the offseason. We know this. I mean, we've seen pictures of him uh, on his Twitter and social media accounts. I mean, we know he takes care of himself. So I personally think, given how he's, um, given how he is a competitor, I do feel he could maybe go another year or two. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too, Stephen. Um, I think he can actually go two to three more years. And here, here's two reasons. Uh, here's two reasons that that kind of uh, would, would make that happen is what is what I think is. Uh, one is, you know, is this team still at playing at a championship level? So obviously, if if Kawhi shows some signs that either. Um, you know, he's committed where he, he might sign a Supermax in the summer or, you know, they see that his health it, it does get better over the summer and they know he's going to be Kawhi again. I think Manu's, you know, definitely encouraged because this is still another uh, title contending team. Part two is he, he always says in the summertime, you know, I wanted to come back if I know I was needed. Not just, to, you know, he's not just going to sign a deal to just come back and sit on the bench and be the 15th guy to kind of just cheer for his teammates and be a locker room presence. Right. He needs to be needed and he, and he needs to feel that he can still play at this level. And, you know, based on his stats, like I mentioned in that piece about Kerr, um, Kerr's quote, he is one of the better still wings in the, on the, uh, in the NBA at, at his position in certain skills. Um, and then if you look at the Spurs, you know, who are their only driving guards? It's Danny Green, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili, guys that can consistently get to the rack. Um, not Danny Green, um, DeJounte Murray, should I say. Dante Murray, Tony Parker, and, and Tony Parker. Those are their wings that can consistently get to the, get to the rim, uh, draw for, uh, free throws, uh, kick out to open teammates. So I think that he knows, like you mentioned, if he's healthy, he can still play at this level. Pop's going to, you know, keep him fresh as much as he can by giving some of those nights off on second nights of back-to-backs. And I think that he will be needed because they could lose a lot of players this summer in terms of, um, you know, the guys that could hit free agency. And in terms of a guy who can kind of just come off the bench and get into the lane and create for others, Manu's still like the one guy on this team who can do that consistently. Um, Derek White's obviously uh, a lot of fans want him to, to get that maturation and get to the next level next year. So he'll obviously be a player to watch, but I think that he is definitely needed where RC is going to have that conversation with him probably this summer where, Hey, you know, you come back, we, we have a role for you where you're going to have, you know, we still, we're still going to be relying on you. So I think that that's a positive sign um, that he would come back for another year or two. And, you know, if, if he does retire, it's because like he mentioned, you know, he wants to spend more time with his family. He's just not ready to, you know, go through that grind again. So, so I, I would actually be surprised, not surprised, but I, I, I would, I would think I would lean in the favor of him where he's going to probably play again is from what I'm seeing based on his play this year, as long as he finishes healthy. Right. And let me, uh, let me touch on one more thing, Paul, before we go on, um, is that one thing about Mono, like he's a competitor. We all know this. Um, look at, uh, I, I can't forget. I think it was, uh, 2013 when the Spurs lost, uh, to Miami in the finals with, uh, of course we all know Ray Allen shot. Um, that time tim duncan was contemplating you know the room the whole this we were having the same conversation about timmy and he came back the following year i think look at how the spurs have had their season this year you know injuries you know up and down the standings i don't think mommy wants to go out this now if the spurs go next season and they give it a hard run and they still don't make it but they gave it they're all and they're fully healthy and they have running them i think he he would probably retire but i think well, like this and we all know how competitive manu is i don't see him going out like this okay so yeah so i think both of us are in agreement that we think that he's coming back so so obviously uh it, it might be a little bit more shocking if he does retire this summer just yeah. because of how, how well he's played <laughs> this year um you know considering that's crazy he'll be 41 and then we'd be actually be surprised if he retires just because of how good he's playing um let's go to our next question steven and this is one that's a nightly uh, concern, I mean, issue on Twitter. Uh, the question is simply from Jeff, um, sort of, what's up with Patty Mills? Um, and obviously, you know, even when the Spurs are doing bad, I get, uh, my Twitter mentions are all Patty Mills stuff for Pau Gasol. When the Spurs are even doing good, the Spurs is still constant <laughs> Patty Mills. 
um, uh, you know, pretty, pretty much like, like complaints. It's just always complaining. I, I like that one time Jeff McDonald had a tweet where he had put the Patty Mills Brigade because uh, he, he said something like, if Patty misses a shot, you know, they're going to go crazy on his mention. So, <laughs> so obviously we're, we're both we're both pretty active on Twitter. We see that most of the fan base is not happy with Patty. Um, you know, just to get on one of the reasons why Mills has caught so much heat this year compared to normal uh, uh, other years is because basically because of the contract that the Spurs gave him. Uh, he got paid four years, $40 million on opening night of free agency where he made a verbal commitment to the team. Um, and then, you know, t- t- fans, you know, he's a combo guard. He, you know, he's only when you look at his base numbers, they're not that, you know, they're, they're not that eye-popping. 9.6 points, 2.7 assists um, in 25 minutes, basically. 41% from the floor, 38% from three. Uh, on the court, the Spurs are a plus 3.3 points for 100. Uh, so they're better offense with him. Off the court, they're a plus 3.4, so they're just barely better without him. Uh, and obviously, the defense numbers are better without him on the floor. Uh, he is the fourth leading scorer, and his contract-wise, he's the fourth highest-paid spur. Um, he's a high-volume three-point shooter and, and mid-range shooter, but he doesn't get to the rim. He doesn't really. Ha- he has a low assist percentage to his teammates. Um, you know, and his shooting accuracy is okay for his position at the combo guard. But um, you know, Stephen, what do you think about Patty based on, on this tweet? I mean, yeah, on this question. <laughs> I mean, I think Patty's just feeling the wrath of Spurs Nation because of his contract. I mean, if you look at uh, when LaMarcus first got here, LaMarcus had the thing. When Danny Green got his first big contract from the Spurs, um, same thing. He wasn't performing well. It's now it's Patty Mills' turn. I mean, I mean, here's the thing, Paul. I mean, I feel like fans and people, not just fans, but people in general, when a player signs a big contract, and this is not just the Spurs, in any sport, and they don't perform up to the level they were performing at before, everyone starts questioning, oh, you know, is he worth it? You know, was it worth it? not signing all that money. I remember the Dallas Cowboys signed a player one time, and fans were questioning him at, at one point. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, what's up with Patty Mills, you ask? Uh, Patty has never been that consistent in his career to score 20 points a game every single game. That, that's just not wh- what he is. Um, for what the Spurs are paying him, I think he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Be that be that guy that can score, hit buckets when, in, in, when they need to. I mean, I've even stand out pieces where I've put him down bad section of my of my pieces where he hasn't performed well i mean every player has those type of seasons those type of games and i think it's just one for the season where patty uh unfortunately it comes in the year of, of the contract where he signed it to have a bad season do i think he's gonna have that play like that all the time of course not yeah, I like how you started that 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 segment there, where you basically gave the the rundown of guys that get paid and then they don't perform as far as <laughs> fan base standard. I was even thinking about Richard Jefferson a few years ago. Obviously oh yeah, the fan, the fan base didn't like him. I either. brought that out. And and and, and you're right. Um, you know, it, it, it just all ha- it happened at the worst time for Patty in terms of his criticism for, from the fan base because one he gets. I think that you know it, it is like you can be a little critical of the Spurs. I think that they did rush to give him that contract. I think that if they would have waited. Right. Uh, maybe that they they could because obviously we saw the market shrink because all the money was gone. So so a player you know at, at his uh, skill base probably wouldn't have got that kind of money, especially this coming summer. He won't they get that kind of money. I mean, you look at a guy like Lou Williams. He only signed. Uh, he he just got an extension with the Clippers. He's only going to make eight million a year, and he's averaging twenty three points and five point three assists. He's almost like a borderline all star, and he plays Patty's position a combo guard. So I think that. The fans see somebody like Williams, and they think, you know, that guy is making less than Patty, so obviously he should be getting paid. So, so one, it's part of the contract. It, it happened at the worst time. It's good for him that he got paid, but it also for the fans' perspective, they're, they're upset that he's not meeting those expectations with that type of money. Um, then I think that the whole Kawhi Leonard injury just really messed his team up. I mean, messed uh, Mills' role up. You know, last year he played specifically, according to cleaningtheglass.com, the, the point guard position. So he was a backup point guard all season long. We knew that. You know, it would either be Parker or Murray starting. Uh, this season, he's actually playing the combo guard, which is, again, he's playing more more minutes at the two and the one, but mostly the two. So he's almost in a d- different role. We, we've always known that he's not a guy who creates for himself. He doesn't really create that much for others. And so fans were expecting that kind of evolution in his game, and it's not going to come. I think the Spurs knew that. That's why they, they re-signed him to be that guy off the bench, a, a good locker room presence, a guy who's an outside threat, um, energetic defender kind of guy. And so, so he's still being Patty Mills like we've always seen. It's just that with Kawhi out and him not having that same role, uh, it, it's a big part of it. It's trickled down with some of the other injuries this season. That Obviously, he's getting the, the criticism 
for the fan base. And, you know, he's still under under contract for four more for three more seasons after this. So, you know, I, I, I think that if Kawhi, you know, plays a healthy season and, and they get their rotations right and Patty can get back to just being a backup one, um, then I think that the fan base will kind of quiet down just a little bit more where they're going to – they'll find somebody else to um, – you know, or whoever signs the summer, whatever deal comes out, <laughs> uh, the fan base will will start uh, pointing at that at that deal too. So um, it's not just Patty. You know, Pal Gasol gets some of the criticism too yep. for his his three years, sixteen million uh, each year. So you know, this you're right. This fan base is just based on when you get paid, they expect you to become like a twenty point game scorer, and if yeah. you don't, they get upset. So that's kind of been the trend. So Patty, you're right. Patty's just going through that stage of being a spur um, with, with in terms of the Spurs fan base. <laughs> Uh, our last, uh, our last question, Steve, or our second last question, should I say, um, comes from. Um, this is a, a good one. It came uh, also from Jeff Serta, where he asked uh, me, uh, "Who's the Spurs MVP not named Lamarcus Aldridge?" So this is an interesting question, and I even went on on Twitter to give the fans uh, some time to try to respond to this one too. I put a little poll out. Uh, who who is who is the Spur you think has been their best player besides Aldridge this season, Stephen? I actually voted on that poll, and I voted for Dejounte Murray. I know Kyle Anderson okay. won the poll, but I voted for DeJounte Murray. Uh, because, I mean, here's the thing about DeJounte. DeJounte came into this season. Or sorry, I'm sorry. Last season, he was a rookie. This season, he comes in a second-year point. Um, you know, at the starting season, off the bench, uh, obviously, t- Tony Parker was injured. Uh, Patty Mills was starting, and uh, DeJounte was the backup. Tony Parker comes back. DeJounte backs up. So now we, we see the role switch. Now DeJounte's the starting point guard, and, and Pop has made it very clear he is our, our starter. He is the leader. He is the new guy that's driving the car for the Spurs. And the reason why I think he's one of the best players besides LaMarcus is because of his growth. I mean, at, when DeJounte first got to San Antonio last season, it's not the same DeJounte you're seeing right now on the court for the Spurs because you've seen him grow. You've seen him and I've noticed this, you know, where if, if you're if you're in the fourth quarter of a, of a close game, let's say the Spurs are up by five points against Golden State, hypothetically, he's not panic and just drive the paint. He's going to take time, read the defense, look look for the open man. If he can't find out, he's going to cr- try to create his own shot and we'll then see what happens. The, the DeJounte from a season ago wouldn't have done that. But I've seen him grow. I've seen not only his game improve, I've seen the guys around him improve because of him being there. You know, you can, yes, don't get me wrong. Kyle Anderson is having one of the best seasons of his career, the best season of his career, sorry, um, in, in, in every single category. But I think DeJounte Murray, not he is the car, so to speak, but seeing how his teammates have responded to him on the court, particularly where uh, we talk about LaMarcus, um, was not very comfortable last season playing with DeJounte when Tony Parker was out, either resting or hurt or whatever. Uh, and we and we that was very obvious. And I think at one point um, he said we have to I have to get comfortable with that. Now you see Lamarcus and DeJounte working very together, and and when that happens, the rest of the team plays well. Yeah. Okay. I, I honestly don't think there's a right answer. You're uh, you know out of the three players that, that were basically the, the nominees, um, I actually went with with uh, Kyle Anderson at this one, and he, here's a few reasons why. Um, I felt that, well, DeJounte has, has been the most healthiest in terms of, like, durability. He's played 99% of their games. Uh, Danny's played 83%, and Kyle Anderson's played 89%. Um, one, one interesting stat is that DeJounte and Danny have each added five wins uh, to the Spurs um, on their off-on um, numbers, according to cleaningtheglass.com. Kyle Anderson's only added one. But uh, the reason why I chose Kyle was just because of I felt like he he's the guy who's kind of been the most consistent in terms of of what, what Pops expected on both ends of the floor. Uh, you know, DeJounte's De, De gone to, he did, you know, people forget, but early in the season, he did go that little spell where he lost some of his confidence where, where uh, you know, when Parker came back healthy, Pop immediately, or even before Parker came back, Pop uh, made Patty the starter earlier, like in early November. Right. Then Parker came and he took Murray's spot. There was a, there was a segment there where Murray wasn't even playing until, unless they had like a, a blowout in the fourth quarter. So, uh, so obviously, I think Murray impacts the game the most where he can go, you know, get three steals on like, six possessions in a quarter and just open up like a 10 point lead for the Spurs. He has that, that Kyle doesn't bring to the team, but in terms of offensively, Kyle's a guy who creates for others. Uh, he moves the ball all over the place. He obviously doesn't shoot the outside shot. And then defensively, he, he's versatile enough where we've seen him guard all sorts of players um, at the wing position and at the, at the four as well. So I gave this one to Kyle, but like I said, I don't think any of us are wrong uh, in this. So, so I just want to read the, the results from the fans because I, I was, um, I didn't want them to participate here in this poll. So, 
In 25 minutes, 278 fans voted on, on, on Twitter. Uh, the, 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 the narrow edge went to Kyle Anderson with 36% of the vote. Murray was second with 35%. Danny Green, who's like always like the forgotten spur, 25%. And then um, Other, I, they didn't tell me who Other was, but Other was 4%. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's no right or wrong answer. And that's good for the Spurs, especially with Murray's case, that that the fans already have a positive outlook on him, that, that they, they, they've seen that he's already been probably the second best player um, without Kawhi here, uh, you know, next to Aldridge. Considering he's locked up, you know, Kyle could leave the summer. He's, he can be a restricted free agent. There's no guarantee Kyle's finishing his career in San Antonio, whereas Murray right now is definitely going to be here for the next, you know, four to five years. So, so, right. so um, you know, that, that's, that's a bright spot for San Antonio that they have uh, Murray going forward. Uh, this next question, Stephen, I'll just answer real quick. It comes from uh, Gareth from um, at Spurs in the Sixth. Uh, he says, uh, the Spurs went 3-0 while the at the Spurs in the Sixth family was visiting San Antonio last week. Should we consider, yeah, should we consider moving from Toronto to San Antonio permanently? So uh, for those of you that I know, Gareth, um, he writes about uh, about the Spurs up in up in Canada, and his family was here in San Antonio. Uh, he came to, to he came to some of the Spurs games, and they actually went undefeated this past week. Um, I, I caught up with him. I got to meet him. He was a really nice guy. Um, you know, awesome support of the Spurs. And, uh, you know, Garrett, I guess my response would be, you know, maybe if the, if the Spurs cast listeners can open up like some sort of like Venmo to get you to move down here. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, not, not Venmo, like one of those things to, to get Go you down fund here. me. Uh, the GoFundMe, yeah, to get you, you know, all, all the all the expenses costs to move down here. I, I'm not sure how to answer that one. But obviously uh, he, he did bring some some positives for San Antonio uh, this past season. So, um, you know, that was a funny question there from Garrett. Uh Steven, let's go ahead and preview the Spurs' next three games, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be wrapping up the spot here. Uh, so so Wednesday, the Spurs play the Wizards. Um, it'll be their first matchup against Washington this season. The Wizards are 40-30, and 5th in the East, 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They are 20-15 and 15 on the road. They have the 10th best offense and 14th best defense. John Wall is still probably not going to be ready for this game. Who do you have Monday? I mean Wednesday in San Antonio? Oh man. Okay. Uh, I like that. I like how Washington's playing. I mean, they still have Bradley Beal despite not having John Wall, so that that still makes them a very dangerous team. Um, but I still like the Spurs because uh, the Spurs has something going right now, and Washington is not fully healthy, obviously with John Wall being out. But I like the Spurs because of their their, their chemistry. They got things going right now. Lamarcus has a good group going, um, and Washington is not known for being, you know too good offensively when they're not all in sync and John Wall obviously being out makes them not in sync. So I like the Spurs or, or sorry, Wednesday. Okay. You like the Spurs you said? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. I, I have the Spurs in this one. Um, again, that 14th ranked defense for a team like Santa that struggles on offense. I think that's okay. Uh, the Spurs will be okay there. And then their defense will, will uh, work on the wizards without um, John Wall there. Right. Uh, let's go to Friday now. The Spurs play the Utah Jazz for the final time this season. The Jazz are also 40 and 30. Sixth as of this recording, but they could move to fifth um, depending on if they win in Tuesday's matchup. Um, the Jazz are 9 and 1 in their last 10. They're, they're, they're really humming very well. Uh, they are 16 and 19 on the road. Uh, offensively, they have the 16th best offense. Defensively, they have the third best defense. Who do you have in the finale between San Antonio and Utah oh, on Friday? Okay, well, first of all, this is a huge matchup. <laughs> I mean, this could possibly determine where the Spurs finish in the standings, uh, either ahead of or behind of Utah, because both teams possibly could have the same record going into it, depending on how the games go uh, prior to Friday. So um, this is a tough one for me, because I, I like the Spurs, what they're doing, but Utah's playing probably the best basketball in the NBA as of recently. Um, but the uh, Utah is what, a 16 and 13 on the road, you said? Uh, there's 16 and 19 on the road. 16 on the road. Um, I would say I'll, I'll give it to the Spurs, but a very, very close game because the Spurs obviously will have has struggled against this season. Um, the last meeting did not go as planned, let's just say. So um, I like the Spurs, but it's going to be very, very close. Okay, I'm actually picking Utah on this, and you're right. It, it is a very critical game for San Antonio just because of where these two teams, they can end up being tied at the end of the year. I mean, it doesn't matter. Utah won the tiebreaker, but still, right. you know, the Spurs can add a loss to the Jazz record, who's one of their competitors for a seeding spot. Uh, but I'm still going to go with Utah just because of um, Rudy, Rudy Gobert is a very big factor here. I think that anytime an elite defense faces this Spurs team without Kawhi, that it always really just brings out some of the worst parts of San Antonio's offense. Um 
you know, you saw Rudy, Ricky Rubio have a career high, um, or it was close to a career high scoring wise in San Antonio. And Donovan Mitchell hasn't even played in the AT&T Center. So if you, if you add him to that group, um, and I just think that the, the Jazz players have just played so well against San Antonio. They're comfortable against the Spurs team. They're 3-0. So I'm going to take Utah in that game on, um, on Friday. Uh, the last game, Stephen, is uh, Sunday at Milwaukee. The Spurs visit the Bucks. The Bucks are 37-33, and 8th in the Eastern Conference, 4-6 and six in the last 10, but they are 22-14 and 14 at home. Uh, the Bucks have the 8th best offense and 16th best defense. Who do you have Sunday in the Spurs' um, game against Milwaukee? Unfortunately, Paul, I'm going to have Milwaukee wins that one for a few factors. Uh, number one, the game's at 2.30. The Spurs rarely do well in early games, uh, period, whether they're at home or not. Uh, number two, the Greek freak. Uh, I, I don't think anything else needs to be said about that. And then, um, you know, Utah, obviously, I do expect the Spurs to, like I said, I do expect the Spurs to win the game against Utah, but it's going to be one of those grinded out, tough defense, you know, tiring games for San Antonio. And to go from that, play an early game on the road in Milwaukee, flying uh, the next day, uh, I think the Spurs would just be too tired, and unfortunately, I think Milwaukee's going to get that one. Okay, man, you you almost made me just – some of your points there just almost made me contradict my pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I actually – I'm going to go to stick with my pick, though. I'm gonna, I, I picked San Antonio in this one, but now, you know, that you just told me that, all those – that all the, the travel issues and then plus the, uh, the, the early start time, I wasn't even looking at that. Those are actually very critical factors for this Spurs team. Uh, but I did take San Antonio uh, mainly because – Milwaukee's been one of the one of the you know they just haven't had a consistent reputation here this season, especially considering they have a, a you know a really good top, top elite player in Giannis. Um, you know to be 37 and 33 out east, they're barely they're barely 500 um, above 500 should I say? And you know it's it's only because Charlotte and Detroit are so bad that Milwaukee really doesn't have any competition in terms of not making the playoffs. Um, you know they've obviously had a head coaching change midway through the season. I took San Antonio in this one just again the, the Bucks. I'm looking at that Bucks defense at 16th. I think the Spurs can can excel pretty well against that 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 type of defense. And then offensively, the Spurs will will um, figure out a way to to shrink the floor on Milwaukee's um, offensive attack. So I'm taking San Antonio, though I would not be shocked now that you mentioned some of those um, factors <laughs> if the Spurs do drop that game. So either way, you and I have the Spurs going two and one in these next three games. Um, thank you again, Stephen, for joining me. Uh, I think this is actually one of my longest pod, pods ever, but you know what? It was great content, great conversation with you, man. Um, thanks again. Can you let, let the, the listeners know what's going on with, uh, with on your side where you're writing? Uh, okay, well, San Antonio FC will be kicking off their season on Saturday, so uh, black90.com for all uh, news on San Antonio FC, and Rampage season is currently winding down, so go over to rampagecentral.net for news on the San Antonio Rampage. Awesome. So yeah. So again, uh, go check out Steven's Twitter account. Um, follow him. You know, definitely check out his, um, his his recaps after every game where he analyzes, um, you know, which Spurs players play the best, which ones had, had some struggles in each each night. So uh, definitely check it out. Thanks again, Steven. Take care, man. No problem. Thanks, Paul. Thanks again to Steven for joining me on episode four hundred eighty-seven. Um, if you're just a quick one to give a quick shout out, you know, if if you're looking for any kind of, um home upgrades in terms of adding some furniture to your home. Um, something like maybe like a dog, if you have a dog, like a dog crate or kennel, um, you know, really nice coffee tables or just ta- just dining tables in general. Um, if you have kids, maybe like bunk beds, uh, you know, it's, uh, also kind of shelves and desks, all sort of custom creations, um, you know, using um, the wood. Uh, there's a company out there called Alamo Bear Creations, um, especially it's, it's a San Antonio based company. So this is more so for the local San Antonio folks or and the, 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 um, you know, people that live within the area. Um, if you go to facebook.com slash Alamo bear creations, you can see the site where there's a bunch of different, um, you know, images and videos of, of, uh, what, what this, what this company has built so far. And they, they do a lot of custom work. Um, things like maybe like a coffin coffee table, um, different, like, like a little coffee table, coffee stand that could be, have like a dog kennel inside of it. So it's really interesting. Um, type of woodwork there they also do desks so definitely go check that site out again it's facebook.com slash alamo bear creations or you know go into facebook type in alamo bear creations and again check out the site uh they do awesome work on different um home furniture furnishing furnishing options should i say so i really encourage you to go check out that site uh and then just a few quick reminders about product spurs um you know send keep sending your questions to hashtag spurscast you know steve and i really enjoyed answering those, those questions and i'll continue to have writers on every week so that we can um, answer those questions that you all send to us using hashtag SpursCast. Visit at Project Spurs at ATLeague underscore NBA at the SpursCast and at Project Spurs Network. 
online, visit us at projectspurs.com, analyzingthelead.com at projectspurs.net. And again, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much. Have a great day.